This is week two of our Unboxed series. And so if you missed part one, make sure that you go and catch up. But our heart and our hope is, as the premise I shared last week, to let you know that a larger tragedy than death is dying full of purpose. And it's to the place where, you know, you and I should not leave this earth before we have accomplished what it is that God has put in us to accomplish. Before all that he has put in us to better the world and to make an impact. Until all of that has come out of us, it should be our goal to make sure that we're not letting life happen to us, but we're happening to life. Come on, somebody. In fact, somebody that you, you know that you're not just here, uh, just existing, but you believe you have a purpose. Come on, I, I dare you to put that in the chat. I'm happening to life. Come on, I'm happening to life. life. Life isn't happening to me. I'm not just taking them as it goes and coping with the inevitable and all that. No, I am to a place where I believe that I'm happening to life. And I want you, everyone watching, especially as we get ready to go into this season and everything is starting to open back up. You know, I want you to get to the place where you're committed to living a life that is unboxed a life where the things that are in you the treasure that is in you comes to the outside and last Sunday I preached a message talking about the packaging and how the Bible declares in 2nd Corinthians chapter 4 that we have treasure treasure in vessels or jars of clay now our bodies in many regards when you look at them they don't reflect what is actually happening on the inside and the amazing things that God wants to do. And ultimately, this is because God doesn't want for us to get his glory. Come on. And so what's happening on the outside might not reflect what's in the inside, but that's because God's desirous of when people look at you and they see what's happening on the outside and then they see what comes from the inside, they're able to say, wow, what is that? And you're able to tell them that it's because the surpassing power of God is evident in my life. Come on. Any witnesses that you know that what's on the inside is even greater than what's happening on the outside? Praise the Lord. And so listen, you know, as I'm thinking about this and we're talking about unpacking things and we're talking about, you know, uh, making sure that we get to the place where we unbox what the treasure that's inside of us, the, the passions and the, the businesses and the entrepreneurial endeavors and the scholastic uh, things that the Lord has put in us and all of the projects and and the gifts and the talents and wonderful stuff. Shameless plug for Next Steps. Today we're actually talking for week two in Next Steps uh, about you being able to discover purpose and gifting and all that wonderful stuff. So shameless plug, sign up for Next, next Steps on the connection card. Happens right after service today. But we want you to be able to get to the place where anything that is hindering you from being able to walk out your purpose that you would be able to be to the place where it removes. And, you know, as, as we're, you know, when I think about this, as I think about, um, you know, packages and when we re receive packages, there are often things when you open the box. So some of this case, we get to the place where we open the box. And when you open the box, there's usually something that's standing between uh, you actually getting to what's on the inside and uh and you being able to unpack it you know how many of you in fact i know there are a lot of you you know those those things that you pop 
How many of you like those ear pockets? I know that a lot of us, you know, my kids, they can't wait. Whenever there are those ear pockets that are in there, they'll usually get them out. They're fighting for them because they want to stomp on them. They want to pop them, you know, uh, because oftentimes there's these ear pockets, this thin layer, this sheet that's blocking there. You know, uh, how about when you get presents and then, you know, they're oftentimes are things that are there as it pertains to uh, in between the present and in, in, and you usually stand some tissue paper. So you open the bag and you start ripping tissue paper out and throwing it all over the place. And, you know, because you just want to get to the present. And then isn't it nuts that in most cases, even if you love this thing, you can't wait. And then you get into the bag. And when you get into the bag and you take out the thing, it's trapped in some plastic. And there's some, there's some plastic that's just tightly on there. And you just, you know, you get, mom, can I get your keys? And you're trying to scratch it. You don't want to scratch the box. Who knows what I'm talking about? And you're trying to figure out how can I pull this wrapper off and how can I get, because there, there's another layer of something that's like hindering or stopping from you getting into the actual treasure and getting into what's in there, you know. And so the fact of the matter is when I think of this text, we just want to read this because the goal is I believe that God's desire is for us to remove everything that is hindering us because the reason why many of us are not walking out the purpose that God has for us is because there are things in between the treasure and our being able to unbox. And so I want to talk today and I want to challenge you around uh, and, and, and encourage you and equip you today to be able to get to the place where we remove the things that are hindering us from this. And so uh, make sure you invite your friends because I believe this is going to be impactful. Here it is. So going back to the text, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, the Bible says, therefore, this is how the supposed apostle Paul starts this. He says, therefore. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. You know, oftentimes we would read this. If you grew up in church, you hear this, you read this, and we just kind of breeze past it and we don't think about what this is. This is such a powerful passage. It's, it's an, uh, an incredible uh, thing that he is saying. And we usually read this in an isolated fashion without considering what comes before. Now, Prior to this in Hebrews chapter 11, the Apostle Paul lists what we know as the hall of faith. Someone say the hall of faith. And the hall of faith, it includes all sorts of individuals who were imperfect but received promises from the Lord that were people who had an unboxed life. A life where the things that God placed in them, that they lived those things out and they did not allow the things that were there amongst them to hinder them from walking it out. And I'm actually going to read some of this Hebrews chapter 11 because I believe it's a powerful scripture, a powerful passage. And I'm going to read from verse 4 because it's talking about faith. And I believe this is important for us as we talk about unboxing. So Hebrews chapter 11 from verse 4. I want you to lean in. I got some scriptures for you today. I want you to listen to them because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith comes by hearing God's word. And so I want you to follow along and, and listen with me. And I'm going to go through it speedily. By faith, Abel, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commanded or commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gift. So he's starting from the beginning of time. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks 
By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death and he was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was whoever uh, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him for whoever would draw near to God. Here it is. Listen, must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Verse seven. But by faith, Noah being warned by God concerning events uh, concerning events the Bible says as yet unseen in in reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household by this he come he condemned the world and became an ear of the righteousness that comes by faith and verse 8 declares by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance and he went out not knowing where he was going by faith he went uh, to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land living in tents with Isaac and Jacob heirs with him of the same promise verse 10 for he was looking forward to the city that has foundations whose designer and builder is God by faith Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age since she considered him faithful who had promised verse 12 therefore from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of the sand of the seashore these all died in faith not having received the things promised but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles oh this is some good reading on the earth for people who speak thus must make it clear that they are seeking a homeland if they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out they would have had the opportunity to return but as it is they desire for a better country that is a heavenly one therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God for he has prepared a way for the city and I'm going to skip down if you will and to verse 32 he goes on and he lists all of these people and the Bible says and what more shall I say verse 32 from time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Japheth, uh, of David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of the fire. Anybody love the word of God? escaped the edge of the sword were made strong out of weaknesses became mighty in war put foreign armies to flight women received their back their dead by resurrection some were tortured refusing to accept release so that they might rise again for a better life others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment they were stoned they were sawn in two they were killed with the sword they went out went about in skins of sheep and goats destitute afflicted mistreated of whom the world was not worthy wandering about in the deserts and mountains and in the dens and caves of the earth this is the hall of faith 
He lists, I didn't even get to all of them, 40 verses of people who in the Old Testament and throughout their experiences were challenged on the outside. But even though they were challenged on the outside to leave their home country, to believe God in the midst of when their flesh, their exterior seemed dead and God promised and their, and their womb was dead and God promised that they were going to have children, that they believed God and they unboxed the miraculous on the inside. And so this is the background <laughs> that we get to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, where he says, And so then, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, this is the cloud of witnesses. These people died and went on. Some of the things that they believed God for, they didn't see happen in their time, but they believed that it would come to pass in the generations thereafter. And the Bible makes it clear that they're gone on and now they are a great cloud of witnesses that they are. And, the, and the, the, the way that this is demonstrated, and I want you to see this, the way it's demonstrated and talked about is like a people who are in a stadium cheering us on. Our ancestors in the faith, those who are, who are gone on ahead of us, they are very much alive. And the Bible makes it clear that they are a cloud of witnesses. They are surrounding us. They are a great cloud. They are surrounding us uh, and their faith, the things that we learned of, the hall of faith. Uh, I love what John Calvin says. Uh, in, he's an ODG. I call him the old dead guys, uh, a great theologian. And he said, he says that, watch this, that we are surrounded by this dense throng that wherever we turn our eyes, uh, many examples of faith immediately meet us. So these guys that are in the all that we that, and these gals, these ladies that trusted God all from generation to generation, they are an example. They are a cloud of witnesses. They are cheering us on. And he's saying that we got to be to we got to be people that because we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses that we this should motivate us to lay aside every weight. Someone say every weight, every weight. And sin which clings to us so closely. In other words, this is not something that you are the first person to have to do. And he just gave us a chapter of innumerable amount of people. Because he didn't list all of them. And all of the things that they accomplished as they trusted God. The way that they were able to unbox their lives. To get to the place where what was in them. You know, and it's powerful. When I think about this, this, this uh, cloud of witnesses. Man, I, I remember, I'll never forget seeing, uh, seeing LeBron James and Dwayne Wade. You know, they, these guys, they played on opposite teams. They also played together. And not only this, but now one of the most incredible things that I love seeing is seeing them cheering on their sons. <laughs> it's amazing to see LeBron and to see Dwayne and how they literally are there courtside. These are legends. Come on, somebody. They are legends and, and they now, their sons, their sons, even though they played on opposing teams and all this stuff and whatever, their sons get to see them and they're coaching one another and all this stuff and they are cheering them on. This is, this is why we read uh, scripture. It points us not just to Jesus, uh, but it also reminds us that just the same way that these people who were in the earth could accomplish their purpose and walk out what it is that God has called them to, we too are surrounded 
by this cloud of witnesses and it ought to inspire us. Here's point number one for you. I want you to grab this and we're just going to unpack this text for the next few moments and get out of here. Point number one, the faithfulness of the generations past should inspire us to unbox a faith legacy of our own. I know it's a long one, but I want you to grab it. The faithfulness of the generations past should inspire us to unbox a faith legacy of our own. And so this is the whole idea. If you and I, when we look at, you know, your grandmama's faith is not your faith. And it's amazing that we have these examples. If you have parents in the faith, if you see other, if you see leaders in the faith and pastors and people that are, it's not, they are not there with the purpose of you looking and just admiring their faith and talking about how spiritual your grandmama was or how much your mama prayed. God wants you to get to the place where the faith of others, those who believe God to start businesses and to minister in the marketplace. When you think about them, you shouldn't just be to the place where you idolize and look at them and say oh look how cool they are but in fact it should inspire you to build a faith legacy of your own so that when the generations after you come they'll be able to look at you and look back to you and you can join the cloud of witnesses of God's faithfulness are you with me and so with this in the text idea going back says therefore since we are surrounded talking about unboxing by so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And so when I think about this, he's saying that we're surrounded by this kind of witnesses. Consequently, this should inspire us to lay aside the weight and the sin that so easily besets us and to run with endurance. In other words, this is what he's talking about. So when we're talking about unboxing the things that God has called us to and unboxing what it is that he has placed in us, that we are, this looks like us running with endurance. Being to the place where we are pushing through and we're not allowing the cares of the world to hinder us from doing what it is that God has called us to. And so when we're thinking about this, my question to you just starting out this where he says laying aside the weight and the sin. What right now is weighing you down in this season? What right now? Let's do let's do some introspection. What is weighing you down in this season? What is it that is that is weighing you down, that is hindering you from being able to move forward? Some of you, you're scared to go here. You're scared to go here because if you go here and you start thinking about it, then it's going to maybe challenge you to let go. And I, I'm just declaring deliverance to those who are watching. I'm believing, I'm believing that God is going to free some of you who are watching that would open yourself to him from those things, from that, from that paper that's blocking between you and the gift, from that wrapper that, that, that's hindering you from from unboxing the treasure that is there in the box. I'm believing that God's going to set you free. What is weighing you down in this season? What is it? What is it? What is it? You know, and I, I, you know, when I think about it, when I think about this, I love, I absolutely love road biking. For those of you who already know that, cool. You're going to hear me. I sound like a broken record uh, because now that this stupid weather decided to change, you know, it was so hot. The man couldn't breathe or anything just being out there. Uh, but now it is kind of mellowed out and I love it. And I had no clue when I was a kid, any bike worked, you know. And you jump on a bike and you ride, you go where you need to do, go short distance, you stop. 
And then you go by the creek. My, my cousin and I, we used to catch crayfish. And so we used to go to the Rouge, if you're in Scarborough, any Scarborough people that know what I'm talking about, the Rouge area. And we would go there and stop and catch crayfish and try to get minnows and all that sort of stuff. But it would be sufficient for us to go from one place to the other. But the fact of the matter is, fam, like, yo, I never realized how heavy bikes really are. And the bikes that we were riding growing up, just so heavy. And if you tried to go super far, it became extremely laborious. Like it was good for the little trips and to go to your Regendem's house and to my youths and hang with them and all that. But, you, but by the time, you know, you got where you were going, it, you just couldn't go any far. And it, when I started road biking, there, you know, it was an uncle. He's like, man, listen, you can't ride that bike long distance you can't ride that in an enduring place you know why because that bike is too heavy and i'm like what are you talking about man this bike feels fine it's good then he's like no check this out and i went and i looked and then i'm seeing this bike he's like feel this pick up the bike with one finger i'm like what on earth is this what type of dumpy bike is this and turns out you know it's made out of carbon fiber you know, there's, there's bikes I learned that are made out of like the same stuff that, that they make like space shuttles and stuff out of. And it's just insane. And, 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 and so, so I realized it's like what happens is this is a bike that will help you go long distances because it weighs a lot less than the other. And if you try to go long distance with all this weight. It's going to get to the place where you can't go to that long because it's going to tire you out. Oh my. I wonder who I'm talking to. And so I got myself a bike. My wife let me save up and get a bike. And I bought one of those bikes. And I just rode, I love it. I just rode uh, 32 kilometers. I, you know, I like riding like over 50K. And it's just so much fun riding now. And I can do it. And we have a blast. We have a blast being to the place where we do this uh, because the bike is light. And so I, was, I, got, I got rid of the weight. And I feel like this is how it is for many of us. There are many of you who are in a place where you are exerting your yourself and you're like I'm putting in so much effort and it seems like I'm not going as far as I should I'm putting in so much effort and it seems like I'm getting winded too quickly and you and my challenge to you is what is the way the thing that's weighing you down it actually doesn't have to do with you in many regards. Come on, somebody. It's the thing that you're riding on, the thing uh, sometimes that is attached to you. The weight, he says, that we got to get to the place. Can I talk about it? Where we lay aside the weight. Come on. Some of y'all need to switch your bike. I'm trying so hard. I'm putting in all of this effort. You putting in all the effort because of the weight. There's relationships and stuff in your life that have you pedaling harder than you should right now. There's, there's, there's stuff and expenses that you have right now that are holding you down, that are hindering you from being unboxed. What is the weight? Help me preach this, Jesus. What is the weight that is hindering you? What is holding you down? What is it that has you in this position? And then, you know, he says, the weight and the sin. <laughs> See, we live, in a, we live in a generation, especially in a church generation, where people don't like to talk about that word. And people think that we're scared to talk about, I'm not scared to talk about sin because if we don't talk about sin, then we won't be able to get to the place where we know what we need deliverance from, where we know what we need breakthrough and victory and healing and forgiveness from. And so it's important, sin is important for us to know because there are many of you, the reason why you are unable to unbox what it is that God has called you to is because of the sin. So not just the the weight but the sin 
Some of you, you're to a place where you're like, you know what? What is sin? What is sin? You know, I hear this word thrown out there, you know, is, is uh, what I'm doing sin. For some of you, you may not even know. You have no clue. Well, the scripture actually declares and makes it clear. Uh, there's, a, there's kind of a clean cut definition uh, in many regards. Uh, but then there are some things that also are gray. And I'll share and show, with, show you what I mean where he says, lay aside the weight and the sin. Now there's sin that's related to our nature. And if you watch weekly, you hear me at the end of the message challenging people to trust Christ and be baptized. And this is the sin that we inherited. This is because of the sin we inherited from our first parents, Adam and Eve. This is sin that we had in our lives even prior to us doing anything wrong. And this is what we need saving from. Praise the Lord for his salvation. And so that's sin in terms of nature. But then there's sin in terms of praxi or practice. And the things that we practice, the things that we do. And so you're like, what is sin in that regard? And here in, uh, in the Bible makes it clear in 1 John chapter 3, verse 4, it kind of gives a clear-cut answer. says, everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Because sin is lawlessness. In some translations like the KJV, it will say, sin is the transgression of the law. So he makes it clear that the law of God, sin, is transgressing the things that God commands. And so when he's saying, let go of the weight and the sin, he's saying, let go of the things that God commands us not to participate in and not to do. And in that whole passage, you ought to write that down. I'm not going to read it through 1 John chapter 3, verse 4 through 10. He actually outlines and talks about what, if you are born again, if you are born of God, uh, how you, because God is in you, you're not going to make a practice of sinning. Even if you find out something is an issue or an error, when you find it out in your life, you submit it to God. It doesn't mean you're going to be perfect and you're not going to make mistakes, but you don't go on like, you know, I'm going to heaven. It doesn't matter what I do. No, someone who's born again does not have that mentality. They don't make a practice of sinning. He goes on and he says also, because see, this is the thing. This is a black and white answer. So if God commands like in the Old Testament, there was the law that was commanded to the Israelites. And there were things that were commanded for them specifically as the Israelites, but not for everyone else. Right. And so if they broke those things that were commanded to them specifically, it is sin. And then later on, you know, uh, the, 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 we are no longer under that law, the Bible says, for Christians. And Jesus commands for us to do certain things. And so consequently, as Christians, the things he commands us to do or not to do through also his apostles, those are things when we transgress those laws or those commands, then we are sinning. A good list for you, if you wish, is go to write down and check this out later. Host, help me in the chat. Galatians 5 verse 19 through 21. He talks about things that are works of the flesh, things that are sinful that we ought not to participate in. And I want to let you know this. When he says this stuff, it's not because he wants to, us to not have fun. But it's because he wants us to enjoy life and he wants us to live an impactful life. And he realizes and he's showing us that when it is that this stuff clings close and we don't lay it aside, it hinders us from enjoying everything that God has for us and becoming everything that he's put us in the earth to be. Who's with me? I mean, if you can't say amen, say ouch. It's all good. 
But at the end of the day, we are to the place where we need to talk. And I'm preaching to myself as well. But it's not always black and white. Here it is. Romans chapter 14, verse 23. And I'm going through these with rapidity because uh, I want to move on and, and, and bring the plane down. But whoever has doubts, he talks about making sure that, you know, you are persuaded in your mind and that you operate based on conscience as it pertains to what you eat uh, or what you drink. And then also uh, the days that you worship and that you observe and all of this stuff that you got to be persuaded in your own mind as it pertains to these things. And he ends this chapter, verse 23, for whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. Let me say that again. Whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. So not only is sin lawlessness, but he also makes it clear here that when you and I fake the funk, when we do something that we are not actually believing in. So if you, for example, i.e. are to a place where you are just going through the motions in certain things as it pertains to uh, matters of faith. And you're actually to the place where you're faking it and you're not truly believing what it is that you are doing. You are in a place of sin. And many of us, we are not effective because we're fake. Because our fakeness, the fact that we're to the place where we are, what we're doing is not proceeding from faith, but it's proceeding from a place of doubt. He makes it clear that our going through the motions, that's sin too. And so we're ineffective because you don't even believe what you're singing. You don't even believe what you're telling people. Oh, can I just come for this stuff? I want to see us, I'm going to say all of us, I want to see us, me included, walk to a, pl to a place where we are effective. You cannot just do stuff because your parents told you to do it. We have to be to the place where what we're doing is effective and is, and is proceeding from faith or don't do it at all. How about James chapter 4 verse 17? Here it is again. He just There's all of these places that he talks about. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. So there are some things, there are some things in our lives that you don't know that something is wrong. And in that case, if you don't know that something is wrong, God's mercy is available in that sort of a regard, in that manner, because you're not going against your conscience. But when you learn and you know that something is wrong and that offends God and you are a believer and you are someone that is, uh, that is supposed to be walking according to the word of God, if you go aside from what you know to do, for, that, for you, that is sin. And so, for those who are wondering about sin when he's saying, lay aside every way, what's weighing you down? And the sin. Can we just teach the text? And the sin. It's not just the weight. It's not just those relationships. But it's the sin which so clearly, this is, which is so clearly, he said, or, or clings, which clings so closely. And you know, the fact of the matter is, you heard me with these definitions of sin and the challenges that sometimes, here's point number two for you, sometimes our heaviest hindrances seem weightless. Sometimes the things that weigh us down or that have us, that are actually, have us to a place where we're halt, we don't sense them because you can't see them. Because it may seem like they're weightless, meaning that you're like, where is it? You know, that's why the Bible talks about in Ephesians chapter, the Bible talks about in Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verse 12, that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. And so sometimes the biggest enemies, the things that we're facing, the stuff that's holding us down, it may seem like it's, it's we can't see it. It's not, 
it doesn't weigh anything. And that's why sometimes it's difficult for us to realize what's going on in our lives. It's important. It's important for us to realize that sometimes like carbon monoxide, you can't smell it, but it's deadly. Your house, a whole family could die from carbon monoxide. You may have heard stories and all this. You don't smell it. You don't see it. You don't know it. But it's deadly. It is, it is there. It's, it, it sometimes, you, and you know, and so when you think about it, how much does lust weigh? Come on, somebody. How much, how much does pride actually, like how many ounces is it? I mean, I, I know, see, this is the thing. I know how much the porno weighs. I know how much the, 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 the disc is and how much it costs you financially. I know about all of that. But I mean, how much is the lust that's clinging to you? The thing that's, how much does addiction actually weigh? I know how much the bag of weed is. I mean, I know how much the cigarettes are. I know, I, I get it, I understand. But how much does that spirit of addiction, oh, can I just keep it real today? And so sometimes it's difficult for us to identify the stuff that we need to let go of because we're like, man, this thing, you thought the cigarettes were your enemy. You're not wrestling against flesh and blood. It's spiritual wickedness. It's stuff that is that oftentimes clings to us so closely that's heavy upon us, but we don't realize. We're like, where is it? And we're fighting the wrong thing. And it's imperative for us to understand this, you know. And so this is why I'm, I'm, there's hope. There's hope. Somebody say there's hope. So look, God wants you to unbox everything in you. And, he, and, and sometimes these things are hindering you. And look what he says. Uh, so he go, going back to the text, surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. And as a result of their inspiration, let us also lay aside every weight. Somebody say, we got to lay it aside. And I love it. He says, lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely. And so the fact of the matter is, uh, you need to understand that God, here it is, point number three, God doesn't command his children to do things that he won't empower us to do. So the fact that he said, lay it aside, means that he plans to empower us to lay it aside. Because some of us, we're like, well, yo, fam, I mean, what do you mean? This thing is so hard. Do you see them thighs? Do you see that batty? Are you out of your mind? Like, did you see the pic? I mean, in the Explorer page, and I went there, and all of this stuff. Can I get a witness? Y'all don't want to be real with me on today. You know, I tried to wear the wedding ring. I tried to flash it, uh, but that just is turning out to be a magnet. I mean, I even put it up like it's a middle finger, and they still slipping in the DMs. Y'all don't. And you're like, man, how, how, God? I mean, there's stuff that happens that I didn't even ask to happen. There's dreams that happen that cause stuff that, oh, my. Can I just keep it real? I had a dream. I didn't plan to wake up with the stuff that happened, you know, happening. But I had a job. Oh, I'm coming for it right now. And you're to the place where you're like, it's so hard. And what you don't realize is that God's desire is not for you and me to be to the place where we are doing it by ourselves. But if he has said to lay it aside, he plans to give us the strength to be able to lay it aside. So I love Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13. We usually read the, the A part, but forget about the B part. It says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. In other words, he's making it clear to the hearers. He's saying, yo, the salvation that you're claiming on the inside, you ought to work this thing on the outside, not just when 
Apostle Paul is around. He says it's supposed to be something that you work out even in the absence of your leaders. Right. But then he goes on and he says, look at it, because we usually stop there. and We're like, oh, so that means that I got to do this thing myself. Oh, man, how am I supposed to work out my salvation? How am I supposed to make this thing happen? I can barely even. Do. And then look what he says though in verse 13. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So it is God. Yes, you and I are to lay the thing aside, but God is saying, I'm coming alongside you in partnership. All you have to do is give me your yes. Oh, who can I talk to today? All you have to do is get to the place where you give me a yes, where you say, you know what? I want to walk according to your word. I want to unbox the things that you've placed in me. I don't want to die a life. Die and leave a life behind that was purposeless i don't want to leave a life behind that they will laugh at and mock at come on somebody instead of being inspired by i want to join the great cloud of witnesses when i leave this place one day to be able to cheer on the generations that are coming when it is that you declare this and you ask god to do this the bible says he will work in you to will and to do his good pleasure who's with me today so I want you to note this. I'm going to call my son Gabriel up. My son Gabriel up to illustrate this for me. You go ahead and take off your mask, son. You'll be in the same house. It's all good. Come on. Can we celebrate my son in the chat? Come on. Can we give God praise for him? I love this kid. I'm so proud of him. He's so amazing. And so look, I want you to get this because as we're coming down for a landing, I want you to see this. The text says, so therefore, since we are surrounded by so great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside the weight and the sin which clings so closely. And he says, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And, I, and when I think about this, and we've been talking about the weight and the sin that clings so closely, and sometimes how it hinders us from being able, grab this. Well, actually, no, put your hands at your side and come over so we, so we can see you. The weight and the sin that clings so closely, and how we get to the place often where it, we are hindered from carrying out what it is that God has called for us to do. I want you to see this. I want you to understand because oftentimes this is what it looks like. Sometimes our biggest enemies, you can't even see them. Come on, somebody. And all you know is that when it comes time for you to get to the place where you are walking out. Oh, who sees what I'm doing here? When you get to the place you're supposed to be able to run with endurance, you can't run with endurance because there's something, sometimes this enemy that you can't even see, come on somebody, that has you tied up, that has you tangled up, oh my, and it has you stuck. And when, if Gabriel was in a place where he needed to run, if he was in a place where something came, where he needed to go further than this moment, it would be absolutely challenging come on somebody for him to be able to run beyond this who sees what i'm doing here in this moment and so the challenge is that oftentimes this is how our lives look this is how our lives look when people look at you sometimes they can't even tell that anything's wrong they can't tell that anything's wrong because they look at you and they see your gear they look at you and they see your clothes and you look like you have it all together and you look like you're having fun and you look like you're cool. But in this moment, in many regards, the sin and the weight is clinging so closely. 
Anybody ever felt like this before? You're going to sleep, but it's clinging so closely. You're trying, you're trying to, 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 to have a good night rest. And people wondering what's going on in your life, but it's clinging so closely. And I want to tell you this because I want to tell you this last point here. Deliverance, deliverance comes, watch this, through focus on Jesus and not a fixation on sin. This is why the text says in says in verse 2, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the, th at the right hand of the throne of God. The fact of the matter is that many of us, for many of us, our life looks like this. And it makes it clear. And the fact of the matter is that we often are here. And what we do is when we realize finally that we are in a place of bondage, what we start to do is we start to get to the place where we start focusing on the, I'm not trying to tickle you, but where we start focusing on the cling wrap, where we start focusing and fixating on the sin. And we get to the place where we're stuck and we can't move because we're, but we're focusing on the sin. And focusing on the sin does not hinder us or does not get us to the place where we're able to get out of it. Focusing and obsessing on the cling wrap won't get you to get out of the cling wrap. Who and what we need is something that is outside of the cling wrap. Come on, somebody. Oh, I just want to this is why focusing and fixating on sin and how horrible you are and how guilty you are and what you did and what you how look at how much of a mess things are. That's what the devil would want for you to do. But doing all of those things does not get you out. I'm almost done. Hold on. Can I what? Oh, you're trying to get it on your shoulder. Boom. You got it. <laughs> I got you. I'm going to be done in a sec. So look. So the idea is. That we got to get to the place where instead of focusing on the sin, we focus on Jesus. And the Bible, my Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, says for the word of God is living and active. Come on somebody, sharper than any two-edged sword. Oh my, who's talking to me today? A piercing to the division of the soul and the spirit. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Not my fixation on my sin and thinking about how guilty I am and how horrible I am. No, it's the word of God that is sharper. Come on, somebody. I hear Ephesians 6 verse 17 declares and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God not me get looking in the mirror you're so horrible and you're never gonna make it and you're never oh who am I talking to on today how about the Bible says in Psalm 119 verse 11 I have stored up your word in my heart that I may not sin against you focusing on thick and fixating on sin does not get us to the place where we are delivered give him a jump come on somebody come on the fact of the matter is that you and I are able to experience breakthrough when it is that we focus on Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross he was able to experience endurance because of the fact
fact that even when because of the joy that was set before him he saw you and me ahead of him and so even when he felt like quitting he decided to stay on that cross and endure to the end and now you and I no matter what you're facing no matter how heavy it is no matter how much you feel like quitting no matter how you feel like throwing in the towel if instead of fixating on sin you would decide to focus on Jesus watch your deliverance come nigh thank you my son sin that's clinging so closely the sin that's hindering us from being unboxed the things that are clinging to us the weight the things that we're practicing Jesus says Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30 come on to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn of me for my yoke and my teaching is easy and my burden is light and so you might be in a position today where you are feeling where you are bound and I believe today that the word of God can set you free some of you you have no clue what God's word says about you that's why you're believing what every Tom Dick and Harry has to say about you and that's why you're bound and some of you the weight you're holding on to and that you need to let go of is the words of people that are not God who've been trying to say stuff to hinder you I know you've been living with them for a long time I know y'all been getting it in for a long time I know it's difficult but I dare you right now where you are in that abusive relationship that you know you need to get out of that they keep making you promises and they keep telling you that you're, they love you and all this and this why you've been in this destructive pattern and you need to get some help and right there in the middle of that mess I declare and I encourage you to cry out to God and look to Jesus and watch him bring you to a place of deliverance that you would not have experienced that you wouldn't have experienced by focusing and allowing that mess to continue to consume you. And so where you are, I want to invite you to trust Jesus.